We'd like to welcome you all here this morning as we come together as God's people, as we continue learning about the fruit of the Spirit, learning about um, allowing God's Spirit to work in and through our lives. Please stand and join us as we begin by singing our praises to Him.
into the darkness to shine. Out of the ashes we rise, there's no one like you. Not like you. Our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome and Christ is risen from the dead. We 
why we come together to celebrate that Christ is risen and we are one in him. And I want to take a moment to uh, share a word of greeting with others who are here in worship as we gather today uh, as one body to celebrate our risen Christ and Lord. Let me just mention uh, some things that are in the bulletin um, tonight at 6.30. We invite you to Wesley Chapel for uh, our district ordination service. And uh, there are a number of people who are being ordained. Our own Mike Jordan is uh, celebra- we're celebrating his transfer of credentials into the Wesleyan Church. And there's a reception here at the church afterwards. So we'd love to have you be a part of that gathering. Uh, Wednesday evening children's ministries begin this week. If you didn't get a chance to register your children uh, this past Wednesday, you, you can still, they can still be a part of it. It might help to come just a few minutes early to uh, get them registered and uh, into the right group and class, but uh, bring them. And uh, we, we are excited about this year of ministry on Wednesday night with our children. Uh, the, um, the children are going to be performing a music, the music machine, a fall musical. It says in the bulletin the rehearsal is Saturday at 9. They're actually going to be Saturday at 11. So just note that change in the schedule. Uh, we have, as I mentioned last week, we are starting this or continuing this series on the fruit of the Spirit. Um, we're trying to think of ways to connect the fruit of the Spirit that Paul writes about in Galatians with things in our everyday lives. And um, one of the ways in which we're doing that is to connect a literal fruit with each of the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, we tried to think of, of fruit that might connect in a way that we would remember. Today, we're talking about love, and so we have strawberries. And uh, strawberries, you know, are typically something you might associate with Valentine's. It's kind of a luscious fruit. And so uh, we are, we're doing that. And our goal is that as you think about strawberries, you will think about love and the things that we talk about today. Um, we also, as a part of that, and there's some other things we're going to be connecting with later in the service, but also as a part of this series... We're going to put together a, a little recipe booklet 
of things related to the fruit that we are connecting with the fruit of the Spirit. Again, that's just one more way to remind us, and there'll be some things from each of the services to that. If you are interested in um, submitting a recipe or two, uh, Melissa Fink is going to be in the back afterwards and today and over the next few weeks to, uh, to, as a sign-up. We have a limited number of recipes that we can take for each one of them, and she has a list there, and you see information in the bulletin. You may not be ready to do that today, or you may have one right off the top of your head, and you think, yeah, I could do that, and uh, just talk to her about that after the service this morning, and we'll be collecting those and uh, getting you signed up for those over the next few weeks. Uh, also, there are a number of prayer concerns in the bulletin. Um, if you haven't heard yet about the attack in Nairobi at the mall yesterday, that is still an ongoing situation. Uh, dozens of people have died. There are at least 150 hostages. And uh, there's still, it's still a precarious situation. I've been seeing some emails from people who are connected with Rift Valley Academy. Uh, John and Pat Shea's children are there. There are others who are connected to that situation. And uh, we certainly want to pray for a peaceful end to this conflict as well as um, asking God to, to somehow uh, bring about good out of this terrible tragedy. And we want to pray for those who are grieving and for those who uh, have lost during this time and injured, praying for their recovery as well. And we want to pray for other needs that are connected to us here in our church as well as the surrounding areas and asking for God's grace in each situation. We are happy to be able to, to express our gratitude to God through a number of ways for the, all the ways in which he works in our lives. And one of those is through giving our resources to him as he has blessed us. And the ushers are going to come and assist us as we do that now. song I bring, an empty voice, a hollow noise. If I speak with a silver tongue, convince a crowd, but don't have love, I leave a bitter taste with every word I say. So let my love be the proof, the proof of your the poverty is found in me.
As we think about God's love for us, our love for others, we have the opportunity to pray for the needs and the burdens that we feel and of those around us in the world. If you'd like to use the altar rail as a place where you offer your prayers, please come and join me. Father, we come to you in this moment of corporate prayer, giving thanks that you are with us, that you have loved us, and you call us to come before you with everything that's on our hearts. We pray for all among us who yearn for life to be different than it is. And we ask that you would heal the sick, that you would comfort our friends who are overcome with the pain of loss. That you would restore our homes to what you and, and we want them to be. That you would lead us in paths of righteousness. That you would lead us to seek first your kingdom. That you would make us people who in your spirit and through your grace experience wholeness and hope. Father, give us hearts of compassion. Compassion for people who have hurt us, for people we've hurt. Give us hearts of love for people who suffer around the world. We think especially today of the people in Nairobi. We pray for your comfort upon all who are grieving. We pray for healing on all who have been injured. We pray for a peaceful resolution to the conflict, the hostages. And we ask, Father, that you will intervene in these situations and that you would bring peace to our world of violence. Help us as individuals and as a church to be more interested in the concerns and the struggles of others than we might typically be. And toward this whole world, the world right here around us and the world a long ways from us. Give us the mind and the heart and the spirit of Christ. Father, we ask that you will fill this place with newness of life through your son, Jesus Christ. The one in whose name we offer our prayers Remembering the prayer that he taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Our scripture reading this morning is found in Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 36. But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, 
Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. At this time, children are dismissed for Children's Church and Junior Church. Let's stand together as we sing.
Father, help us to understand your love and our love. We ask this through Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Okay, we're going to do something different this morning. I warned the other two services last week. Some of you may have been in those. I forgot to warn you guys. But if I know normally we want to tell, we are telling you, you know, don't mess with your cell phone during church. But this morning, if you have a cell phone, I want you to get it out. And if you have a, and if you text, I mean, this is a texting thing. So if you don't text, then you don't need to worry about it. But if you text, take out your phone and open up your texting program. Whatever that may be. And get that ready. And then we'll tell you a little story. And then I'm going to ask you to respond. All right. Everybody's ready. No taking calls while I'm telling the story. Okay. (laughs) I want to see anybody doing this. All right. I read about a man who... Had a dream. And um, in this dream, the prosecutor was, was describing all the sins the man had ever committed. All the sins of commission and omission. All the sins he had planned to do, all the sins he hadn't planned to do. All the sins he knew about, all the sins he didn't know about. He just continued this litany of describing and accusing him of all of these sins. And it went on for hour after hour after hour. And he, and he said, I, I felt like I just was so humiliated hearing all of these things that I had done. And it was all true. I had done all of it. He said, I, I was getting to the place where it was like a landslide on me. And I could even feel my feet beginning to get hot. He said, after hours and hours of this accusations, some angels appeared who presented my defense. And the only thing they could say was, but he loved. And he kept repeating that over and over again, but he loved. It became a chant, sort of a chorus of these angels, but he loved But he loved, but he loved. And that went on all through the night and on into the dawn of morning until the angels won his case and he was safe. Now, what I want to know is, how do you respond to that story? How does that make you feel? And I want you to text your answer to me. All right, you got three choices. That sounds about right. I'm comfortable with that. The second choice is I'm uncomfortable with what that story suggests. And the third one is, well, it kind of depends. All right, you got 60 seconds to text your answer. And we'll watch them come up in a minute. You could, so you just send it to 22333. And then whichever answer you want, type in those five numbers. Can we see the answers come up, John? Okay, we got more people than that texting. Come on. (laughs) I know you do this. only 40 people. It's done? Okay. Now, I'm going to tell you, you surprise me. 
And I'm happy that you surprised me. Because I suspect in a lot of places, number two and number three would get far more of the answers. Just to say, but he loved, isn't enough. What I want us to think about this morning is, why is, if we really believe that but he loved is enough, why is that true? Why is it that love is enough? And I want us to think for a few moments this morning about why that's the case. What is it about love that is enough? Because quite frankly, despite what we may answer, a lot of times I'm not sure we're convinced that it really is. You look at the the fruit of the Spirit. and Let's go. We look at Galatians chapter 5. And Paul says to us, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. It's not a coincidence that love is first. Now, this is not an exhaustive list. I don't think anyone would say this is the only fruit that comes out of a person's life who is walking in the Spirit, who is filled with the Spirit, who is, who is uh, living in the Spirit. This is not an exhaustive list, but I will tell you this. If there were a list and love is not in it, it's not the fruit of the Spirit. It's not a coincidence that love is first. There are some scholars who believe that this is not a list of nine equal characteristics, but that love is first and the other eight are simply ways of describing love. So that joy is love singing and peace is love enduring and patience is love long-suffering. Love is at the center of the fruit of the Spirit. And we know that because that is the character and the nature of God. We read in the scriptures over and over again about God's love for his people. A couple of examples. 1 John 4, 8 says that well, whoever does not love does not know God. Why? Because God is love. And John, Jesus says to his disciples, a new command I give you, love one another. This is how everyone else will know that you're my disciples. Not because you know so much, not because you understand theology as important as those things are. Not because you do all of these spiritual religious things. It's because you love each other. That's the defining characteristic of my disciples because that's the defining characteristic of me. And Jesus keeps telling us over and over again, and, and in the Old Testament we see it with God, and, and on through the letters of, the, of Paul and, and Peter and James and John, it's love. It's love that defines God and therefore defines God's people. And if we are people who are filled with the Spirit, if the Spirit is in us, there should be love. And if we are producing fruit out of the soil of our lives and there's not love, something is wrong with the soil of our lives. Love has to be there. It's central. I doubt if we would argue with that. What we struggle with is understanding what that love looks like. And I'm convinced... Because that we tend to think of love as a society and a culture. We think of love as it makes me feel good. It's something that, that, I, that, I, just, uh, that, I, that I feel for another person. It's, it's all emotional. And that's certainly a part of it. But when we read the scriptures, we discover that it, love is only love when it, is, when it involves self-giving sacrifice. Because that's the love of God. Paul writes in Romans 5, 8, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's what the cross is about. It's about Christ loving us so much, that God loving us so much that he gave his son in sacrifice. And genuine spirit love 
is always going to involve self-giving sacrifice. It's always going to come back to that. We are giving something of ourselves away sacrificially. That's love. And I don't care if we're talking about us as individuals or us corporately. It's going to involve self-giving sacrifice. And now we've taken love from something that we feel to something that puts demands on us. And that's hard for us. It's hard to think about giving of ourselves. It's hard to think of sacrificing ourselves for other people. And yet we think, well, okay, I think I can do that. And just when we think we're at a place of saying, all right, I'm willing to do that, Jesus ups the ante one more time. And he says in the passage John read a few moments ago, this is not about loving people who love you back. This is not about loving people who you know are going to reciprocate. The pagans do that. This is not about giving of whatever you have and giving of yourself to people who you know are going to give back to you. Anyone can do that. Jesus says, I'm talking about a completely different level of love. I'm talking about love for difficult people. People who are enemies. People who mistreat you and hurt you. People who reject you, who turn on you, who betray you. And this is hard. It's not easy to love people who've hurt us. It's not easy to love people who betrayed us. It's not easy to put ourselves out there with people and to be rejected. And something in us as human beings experiences that. It only takes once or twice and we start saying, I'm not doing that again. That's too much. It's too painful. It's too difficult. And yet Jesus says, those are the very people I've called you to love. Those are the very people you love when my spirit is in you, when you're walking in my ways, when the fruit of my spirit is growing in the soil of your heart. You love the people who hurt you, who are different from you, who like things that you don't like. You think about the church, and I think one of the things I keep thinking about is is worship. We all have opinions about what we like about worship and what we don't like about worship. We could take a poll to every one of the services today and, and we would get this, this whole paradigm of, of people's opinions about what's good worship and what's not and what we like and what we don't like. I think Jesus would say to us, if you love each other, you forget about all that stuff. And instead of thinking about what, what do I want in worship? We start thinking about what's best for other people in worship. What's going to help other people connect with God? I'm not so worried about how I'm going to connect with God. Because when I'm willing to, have, to let other people have their way, when I'm willing to let other people connect with God in ways that are good for them, something happens in my spirit in this self-giving sacrifice that it doesn't really matter that much anymore. And I meet God in a way that I could never have met him when I am only thinking about what I want. And love begins to take root and to grow in us. I was thinking about the parable of the Good Samaritan this week. You know, the guy, the leader comes to Jesus and Jesus, you know, what, what, what I do to uh, need to obey. And Jesus says, obey these commands. He said, I've done them. He said, all right, love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, who's my neighbor? And Jesus tells the story of the good Samaritan who helps his enemy, heals him when the, when the friends, supposedly the Jewish people, leaders walk by this injured man. And in essence, Jesus is saying, you're, you're really asking the wrong question. The question is not, who do I love? 
The question is, how do I love them best? See, we're all, we're concerned about, we're concerned about loving the right people or loving the wrong people. And Jesus is saying, you ought to be concerned about loving the wrong people the right way. You ought to be concerned about loving all people self-sacrificially, in a self-giving way, giving of yourself. And it doesn't matter who they are, what they've done, we're called to love. And there is freedom in that. And Jesus, this guy wants limits, put limits on love. You know, let's, let's set the limits as small as I can about who I'm supposed to love. Like when the disciples say to Jesus, how many times are we supposed to give, forgive someone who sins against us? How about seven? That seems like a lot. Jesus says, how about 70 times seven? Which is his way of saying, just keep, love, keep forgiving to infinity. See, we're all about limits. And Jesus is continually breaking down the walls of the limits that we put on our love. And sometimes the, the most profound ways in which we can love one another is, is not even in the, those moments that are sort of set apart like the Good Samaritan, but it's in the mundane, everyday things of life. It's just being willing to sacrifice daily in our homes, in our relationships, where we work. That our mindset is moves from... Let's see, how can I get what I want to how can I do what they want? How can I give of myself to my family? How can I give of myself to my coworkers? How can I give of myself to my neighbors? How can I give of myself to other people? And how can we as a congregation give of ourselves to people around us and outside of us? So we think about love corporately, we're, it's great that we love each other, but sometimes that can turn to all we do is think about each other. And we build walls around the church. And we feel safe. And we're all the same. We all have the same mindset. And, and we just love each other. And I'm telling you, Jesus is saying we've got to break down those walls. And we need to start thinking about how we together love people who are different from us. In whatever way that may be. Who may reject us when we love them. Who may consider us enemies. We love them. Sometimes we talk about love as risk. And it is risky to love. It is risky. We stick out our necks to love people. But the more I've thought about that, I'm not sure risk is the right word. Because risk implies that you may or you may not face some difficulties and some rejection. I'm convinced if it's Christ-like love that we are after... Risk is not the right word. Actually, vulnerability and losing are probably better words. I've had this thought for a number of months as I've been pondering things that, you know, I'm not, we get in situations with people and our our natural inclination is to say, I want to win. It's just human nature. We want to win. Whatever the situation may be, the love of Christ says you can either love or you can win, but you can't do both. And if you choose to love, it's probably going to mean you're going to lose in some way. It's going to mean that you don't maybe get to stand up for yourself like you'd want to. You don't get to restore your reputation like you'd want to. You don't get to clear the air like you'd want to. You may not get to defend yourself like you want to. But loving is more important than winning. And that's part of the self-giving sacrifice that we wrestle with. Because we want to win. And when we look at Christ, 
What about the cross could possibly look like winning? This is the definition of losing. And yet ultimately, it becomes the means to winning. When I think about this idea of loving is sacrifice, loving is self-giving, and, and the demand that that places on us, the only thing I can come back to that, that I think gives us a foundation for living this way is, is recognizing that we are free to love in the Spirit because we are freely Loved in the Spirit. It is because we are loved by God that we can give away love. It's because we have, are loved by God that we can sacrifice. Because whatever we give away, God is there. And he says in 1 John 4.10, this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. Sacrificed his son for us. It is his giving to us that makes love possible. So when the spirit is in us and love is growing in the soil of our lives, that we then can be people who give away love. And I was reminded of something C.S. Lewis wrote in The Weight of Glory. He said, he who has God and everything else has no more than he who has God and nothing else. And I think it's in a, It's an appropriate paraphrase to say we who have love and everything else do no more than we who love and do nothing else. It's all about love. It's about the love of God in our lives and the Spirit creating an atmosphere of love for others grows up out of us. In his book, All of Grace, Brennan Manning tells a story about being a part of a group of of men, a band of brothers in a rural town in France. And these these Catholic priests lived together. They they subsisted off off the land and things they made and they just, they ministered to the people around them. And a man named Dominic was the leader of their group. And he was a highly respected and admired man. It was discovered one day that he had inoperable cancer. And so Dominic asked permission to move to Paris where he had close relatives and, and friends to take care of him. And, and Manning says it was no surprise to anyone that he took a job as a night watchman at a, at a factory. And he he worked from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m., the graveyard shift. And every morning when he got off work, he would walk home and stop in a park near where he lived. And he he would spend time with what society would call the riffraff. Winos and prostitutes and homeless people, losers is what... They would call them. And he would hand out candy and he would sit and he would listen to them, share their stories. And he would tell them over and over again a message Manning says that they heard so often. God is crazy about you. God loves you just as you are, not as you should be. And every day that was his routine. Until one day, they found him dead in his apartment. And Manny says they, at the wake, it was just a very simple gathering. And he said, All, the only word I can, words I can use to describe the people who came to that wake to honor Father Dominic was a great throng. A great throng of people who had felt the love 
of God. Through the sacrifice of listening and giving of himself to them. I'm convinced every one of us has a person, a group of people, there's a circumstance. We are finding it difficult to love. To love in a self-giving, sacrificial way. We're upset with someone. They've hurt us. They betrayed us. They disappointed us. We just don't like what they stand for. And the Spirit in us wants to develop and mature and produce fruit in our lives in such a way that we begin to love those people. We're going to take just a moment of silence to listen to God speak into our lives and our hearts. And to give us the opportunity to say, Lord, I don't know if I can love them, but I want to. Father, you know our struggle to love. To love as you love. So first, assure us of your unconditional love for us. Let that be the bedrock, the foundation. And out of that... Let the fruit of love begin to grow in our hearts. And we pray this through Christ Jesus. Amen. I'm going to give us some opportunities to respond to whatever God may be saying to us about loving others. For one thing, I'm going to, there are at the ends of each row, inside and outside, there are some little cards like these that have a little strawberry on them and they say love. And I want you to pass those to, make sure everybody in your row gets one. you run out, look in the row in front or behind you. Everybody should have one of these cards. Sometime today, I want you to write on this card whatever God is saying to you about love. Maybe you need to be reminded that he loves you, that foundation, that bedrock. Maybe you need, you felt the the sense of praying about a particular person or a group of people that you you've had you know you need to want to love and write it on that card and keep it in front of you this week in some way put it in the mirror put it by your bedside on your desk someplace and the second thing i want us to do is like we did last week i want to encourage you to take 5 minutes every day to pray about this Five minutes every day to pray that God will develop in our hearts a desire, a want to, for the fruit of love to grow in the soil of our hearts. 
I would suggest you pray about whatever you write on the card. But it doesn't be limited to that. Just five minutes. And the third thing is, you may have had a sense this morning that, that God is, is at a, you're at a, a critical moment of, of deciding about love. And it would help you to, to just have a brief conversation with someone and, and to have them pray for you. And we're going to do this over the course of this, this entire fall, every Sunday. And I've asked the elders and um, the pastoral staff as they're available this morning to, to be available to listen and to pray. And it will be completely confidential. If you're interested in that, you can just go right downstairs after the service to the prayer room. And we've got some other rooms designated downstairs as well. And we will connect you up with people who will listen to you and pray with you. And sometimes those conversations can be so monumental for solidifying decisions we make. And maybe it's helpful just to kind of talk through some questions that you have. But it would be helpful to you to just have someone listen and pray with you. And we want to be available to do that. So if you'd like to, just head right downstairs. Just go right down the back steps and downstairs for the prayer room. And we will do that with you. As we prepare to, to go out into the world to love, let's stand as we sing together this final song. Bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.